You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Empire. Play Fantasy Baseball Show with D. Mindy. Little Cheesecake and Doc starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show, a proud member of Empire Media and Empire Media Podcast Network. D. Mindy here, joined by someone. Preparing to give a two-minute safe best man speech and someone with big cojones it is Eric Mendelson, a.k.a. The Doc. What's going on? So touching on those two points, I was told my best man speech is one minute's tops. And for those who have seen the South Park episode where Randy microwaves his balls, that was me today. Yeah, you at work. Uh, as far as the two minutes go, it's two minutes with you and our older brother, Michael. Both of you guys combining for two minutes in a combined speech. All right, well, uh, I don't want to give it away to the audience, but uh, it'll be a good one. It better be it better be safe, because you know that things will not be good if it's not safe. So you make don't sure worry, I'm only, I'm only 50-50 whether I'll say hashtag cerebral grit at the end. <laughs> don't, say, say, don't say that, but uh, love, love our guy Danny Woodhead. If you listen to the uh, football pod, one of our favorite guys we interview on the show. But we're not talking football. Today's episode, we're talking... August studs and duds. They call it the dog days of summer, and that's where we're at right now. As we go from August into September, we're going to look back at the August studs and duds of the fantasy baseball season, guys that are rostered in 60% of or less of leagues, and look if we want to keep rolling with these guys or if we want to cut this dead weight as we get into these last four weeks of baseball in September. It's really key as you have to pay attention down the stretch here Spend the fab where you need to, or again, cut that dead weight off the roster. It's all super important as you try to win your fantasy baseball leagues in the month of September. Make sure to stay tuned for all that. After we go to our bullpen for our question of the week, which MLB player do you think was the biggest class clown in high school? And our game of the week coming in to shut the door. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it! So I don't know, if, I always can hear it when I do that. My mic like cuts as I scream. And next time you guys hear me, I'm going to have some really good microphone equipment. So I'm hoping it's going to come in nice and clear when you can hear my let's do it. And it's going to resonate. It's going to hit you right in your heart and your soul. And uh, yeah, that, that's, that's my goal. So is it going to woo me? It's going to woo you when you hear the new quality of this mic that cost me a pretty penny. And was honestly a big purchase that I never thought I was going to make. But I think sometimes you make the purchases if you believe in something and you believe that this 
is something you're going to want to do long term, then you you pay for it now because you're investing in yourself. So, yeah, that was beautiful, David. I'm starting to cry. As you look at me and you literally are completely stone-faced and you lie to the audience. <laughs> I'm crying in my mind. There you go. So some news and notes. Cardinals placed Jack Flaherty on the 10-day IL. Flaherty only re- recently returned from a two-month absence due to a severe oblique strain, but now he's been diagnosed with a strain in his right shoulder. Right now the imaging was mostly negative and there was no major structural damage in his shoulder, but there's been no timeline on Flaherty's return just yet. Right now, you can't rule anything out with Flaherty, but with just under six weeks left in the regular season, I don't really know what you can expect from Jack Flaherty right now, Doc, can you? No. Uh, you know, the Cardinals were the favorite to win the division, and it looks like it's either going to be the Brewers or the Reds. Figure this is his second serious injury of the year. Obviously, he's going to be on the minimum for 10 days, probably longer. I wouldn't be surprised if he's done for the year. Yeah, we'll to see how that plays out. But if you're a Jack Flaherty owner, it's been very, very, very rocky to uh, roster him this year. Eduardo Escobar has been placed on the 10-day IL by the Brewers. Rest in peace to my TGFBI team, who's been literally gotten destroyed by like six injuries over the last week. Um, Welcome to my world. I was in the top 50, and now I'm like up at 80, so not been good with that. Evan Longoria is back, was back, and then he was placed right back on the 10-day IL. With a ten or with a hand contusion, so he is once again out of the Giants lineup. The Indians placed right-hander Tristan McKenzie on the ten-day IL due to shoulder fatigue. Over the past eight starts, the former number forty-two overall pick had tallied forty-nine innings of three-forty-nine ball and a twenty-five point eight percent strikeout rate, with a, only a four point three percent walk rate, which is key because walks had plagued him so much earlier this season. His four most recent outings have been particularly dominant as he's held opponents to just six runs on a dozen hits and two walks and 28 strikeouts and 28 innings, a 193 ERA. So overall, McKenzie has pitched 27 big league games dating back to 2020 and stands at a 440 ERA through 124 and two-thirds innings pitch. Right now, you don't know what that's going to happen with him. Cleveland is not expected to contend the rest of the year, so maybe they shut him down. Maybe they let him go. Once he comes back and just see what they have in next year. But maybe they learn their lesson and don't have him go eight innings in a game anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you have Tristan McKenzie and you picked or you picked him up, you were shining bright, super happy. And this is just definitely a damper uh, to add to that. You probably at this point, if you don't have IL spots, you probably have to cut him and it stinks. Uh, But some news that's kind of interesting. And this came out very similarly here. Miguel Caprera recently hit his 500th home run a marquee achievement for one of the most accomplished players in MLB history. He was asked by Sage Steele of ESPN how long he continued to plan to play. And he says that if it's up to him, he wants to play two more years. And so he's going to play 2022 and 2023. And then he said his knee is so messed up, he wouldn't be able to go past that. It's going to uh, be foreseen if he's going to actually be able to last that long, but that's his preference. But then you have another guy in Cardinals catcher Yadier Molina, who told the press today that he plans to retire after next season, and he said, yes, it will be my final season. A couple greats that are going to get ready to leave from our childhood, Doc, in the next couple of years here. Yeah, and uh, Albert Pujols is going to retire after this year. I mean, I, I put up something on our Twitter the other day. Like, it's not a given that anybody hits 500 home runs anymore. Like, it's, you know, there's a lot of players that are young and have the potential to. Nelson Cruz is about 60 away, but... You know, you get to realize that, hey, look, Miguel Cabrera is the last guy to hit for the Triple Crown. Yachty, 19 seasons being an efficient catcher. 
just really relish and, you know, enjoy the the last bit of baseball for this season because you never know. Obviously, that's their plan. Miguel Cabrera's health might not help uh, hold up. So enjoy the time watching them. Yep. Now, with Syndergaard is expected to begin a rehab assignment this week. All right, you yeah. want to hear a bold take? I think What's Noah that? Syndergaard never pitches again. Never pitches again? Like in never the majors pitch- or even like ne- in... And never pitches again in the majors. Okay, so you think he could pitch in like double A or something and something P- like that. Pitches in double A, but I just don't have a good feeling. He's kept, he's kept on having setbacks. So this is my thought. He already had a messed up injury, but when he said, I know my body, I don't need an MRI, he damaged himself even worse. He's the type of guy that seems like he doesn't listen to what doctors and what the imaging says and goes off based on what he feels. I just don't see him coming back. Like it's been what close to two years since he's pitched. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's going to be tough to come back from that. It's my bull yeah. take of the day. Well, there you go. Marlins promoted top pitching prospect Edward Cabrera, and he made his major league debut Wednesday against the Nationals. Looked pretty good well, through six innings, and then gave up back to back home runs in the seventh, but only had four swinging strikes. So not exactly the the best start in that sense, but he was just destroying minor leaguers. 293 ERA and a 36.9% strikeout rate in 61 and a third inning. So it'll be interesting to watch if he can contribute anything down the stretch if you pick him up for your fantasy team. Yankees announced that on Monday they placed lefty Zach Britton on the 10-day IL with a left elbow sprain. As expected, Twins placed Kenta Maeda on the 10-day IL due to right forearm tightness, retroactive to August 22nd. Given the date, certainly seems like Maeda's season is most likely going to be done. But with anything with a forearm and tightness, First thing that comes to mind is any type of thing with Tommy John surgery. That's usually a big indicator. And Maeda has made four trips to the IL during his six major league seasons. None of them had been particularly long, but also none had involved an arm injury. So keep an eye on that as far as for Maeda for next season too, because this is something that could linger and affect his draft value even more than his bad season this year. Uh, The Padres also announced that they let go or fired their pitching coach Larry Rothschild. Left-hander Break Snell. Uh, has had the roughest season of his career, recording career worst marks in ERA, expected ERA, and walk rate. Rookie Ryan Weathers was hit extremely hard of late, has a 5.83 ERA, and Chris Paddock has continued to struggle since he was brought on there after his incredible, brilliant 2019. So I guess you had to make the move here, but it, I mean, the Padres have definitely underwhelmed, and I'm sure he's definitely was going to be one of the first names that was going to be let go uh, with all the talent they had and not performing. So, but. If you enjoy the content of Triple Play Fantasy and want to hear more of what we got, please check out all the great things going on in the Triple Play Fantasy Network. We've got our football and basketball podcasts. We've also got Super Fantasy Bros, Between the Seams with Marty and Mac, and The Tripwire. If you're into the shorter content, we've got our Coaches Corners, Fantasy Foodies, Movie Minutes, and more you can check out on our YouTube channel. Of course, if you like reading articles and writing as your style, go to TripPlayFantasy.com where all our great articles from our talented writers reside. Of course, get into the know by following the account on social media at Triple Play Fantasy, where you'll hear or see anything that happens with the Triple Play Fantasy brand. Remember, if you're looking for a show, that's like Robert Downey Jr.'s role in Iron Man, which means it's one of the best of all time, and that's no cap. Look no further than Triple Play Fantasy to give you the same award-winning satisfaction. And we're going to jump into... August Studs and Duds with Michael Simeone and Lauren Auerbach, the tag team duo of the SP Streamer podcast, right after this quick break. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome into another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. Of course, a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network, D. Mendy here, joined by a guy that, I don't know if he's mimicking me, I don't know if he's just trying to look cool, whatever the case may be, where you see on the other side of me, to my right, the doc, uh, what's going on? I guess I have to ask you that. You know, man, vibes are good, vibes are good, that uh, you didn't trash me in the intro, so, you know, we're, we're doing pretty well, I'm laughing at Kevin's comment already. Yeah, I... Uh, Man, I should have introduced you to the man with big cojones, but I'm saving that for the intro to the news and notes that we record after the show. All right, cool, cool. We'll, we'll get up to date with that. Uh, but you are the least reason. You are the least exciting person on this panel tonight, honestly. Besides and you, no, I mean I I fit close to this crowd, but you are in a different stratosphere as far as below this group. So I, I need to introduce some the proper way here. First and foremost, we welcome in a woman that when I bring up the phrase "rest of season." There should be only one person that comes to mind. The co-host of the Rest of Season Rankings podcast, co-host of the SB Streamer podcast. She's a fan tracks writer, an Atlanta Braves fan through and through, and a local DMVer just like the Doc and myself. Ladies and gentlemen, the queen of keeper leagues and the waiver wire wizard, we welcome in Lauren Auerbach. How's it going? Hey, guys. Good to be here. As always, David, that was an excellent intro. It was probably the best intro that I've had in my limited time making the rounds on the podcast. So thank you very much. But I'm very happy to be here. We're really pumped to have you. You've been taking the fantasy baseball world by storm, and you have a lot of great analysis. Your Braves are looking good right now, too. So it's fun to talk about baseball when your team's in contention, I know. It makes it even they better. Are, although the Yankees just stopped their, their nine-game streak, you know, but that's okay. You it's know? a good thing they don't have to meet until the World Series. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right? <laughs> well, I should have started with you second because now we've got to bring things down again. And we got to welcome in right. the other half of the SP Streamer podcast, unfortunately, here. We welcome in a man that gets super smashed, ceases to exist, and dunked on by the host of Triple Play Fantasy. <laughs> the man behind the account that is SP Streamer and the Simba to the animal kingdom that is SP Streamer Nation. He provides you water to the streams that you continue to drink from. Ladies and gentlemen, a pitcher analyst and not a belly itcher, an owner of a pool in his backyard that I'll be jumping in, and definitely uh, one of, I guess, a friend in the community. It is Michael Simeone, SP Streamer himself. How's it going, man? <laughs> Thanks for the worst intro of all time. <laughs> yeah, retweet. Retweet. <laughs> I know what I feel like this the Simba, the Animal Kingdom, he's going to be having you drink from the streams. I that was, was good. That was, was good. Like, I'll I'll get I, I, I get it. I get it. But, you know. It could have been better. That's okay. Yeah, but bring him down. Bring him down. Time. Now, did you pick up when I said ceases to exist? I actually did not pick up that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got you to gotta pick uh, up on these small things. But, that's uh, all right. He stinks. Love <laughs> <laughs> to have you both on the show. Uh, quickly, I'll let uh, Lauren and then Mike, you can add on anything. 
What have you guys been doing with the SP Streamer Podcast? I know Doug is kind of doing the morning stuff now with you guys for those that haven't been tuned in or, or haven't caught up with you guys. What have you guys been doing the last few months and, and what can uh, people expect when they listen to the SP Streamer Podcast? Me? Is it on me? Yeah, like I start with Lauren first. Well, we just had um, Emma Houghton on, who was a great guest, but we've um, also been doing a lot of kind of rest of like rest of season, you know, um, you know, like ugh, like I'm totally tongue twisted here, but rest rest of season, um, looking at players that are going to do well and, and kind of like help you in categories and give you that final kind of push for uh, down down the playoff stretch because it's it's crunch time right now you know and so we have to kind of try and squeeze uh, get production wherever we can so we've been uh, focusing on that and we've got another show coming up next week which I don't think we know what we're going to be talking about right Michael but we will find something good but I think between the two of us we've got you know I think we do a pretty good job with analysis Michael's really great you know with with all the uh, pitchers and I, I think I do a little bit well I, I do a well on the um, batter side and with the combo. Yeah, you do a pretty good job. So what's, I know this is kind of off topic here. What's your guys' favorite thing for a combo meal? Since you guys are basically a combo meal with the hitting and the pitching side of it, I feel like for obviously stolen bases and hitting, they call it a combo meal. Would you call it like a peanut butter and jelly? Would you call it like a, uh, I know on CBS they call it a sock and a shoe. Do you guys have a favorite, com- <laughs> you guys have a favorite combo name? Uh, no, I don't think we've ever talked about that. We haven't no? talked about a combo name. It would Maybe not this is be, something we should do. Stay weird, David. Stay peanut weird. butter and jelly, because I don't like peanut butter and jelly, so. I don't like the combo of peanut butter and jelly either. Soda and beer for you, Simeone. I mean, yeah, we could just be like, you know, bourbon and whiskey or something. Yeah, we could do whiskey and bourbon. There you go. <laughs> so it's your job. You guys have to figure out what your combo is. <laughs> oh. Well, maybe, maybe, do you think that we can come up with one by next week, Michael? Yeah, I think we can do that. We'll okay, talk about it tomorrow. We'll figure something out. That's our homework for the week. All right, I'll good. be disappointed when I tune in if I don't hear at least one combo mention. Okay. Pineapple and pizza. Let's get a okay. controversial. Right. Uh, Absolutely combo. not. Can't put that one in there. You don't like anything. <laughs> what do you eat? What do you eat? Like what do you eat? Does anyone what? actually like that? I think yeah. they did in the 90s. What, do people still do that? I, so I think we, me and Curlin talked about this last week. You can't just have pineapple by itself. It has to be with another topping, like pepperoni. Like you have to have a sweet and salty, you know, spicy to mm-hmm. kind of combat the sweet. That I could get behind, but straight up pineapple, absolutely not. Well, that's I don't mind straight up pineapple. I'm with you, Lord. Okay, all right. All right, there we go. Yeah, I luckily uh, we're not talking about pineapple on pizza today. We're talking about a better topic. We're talking about... August studs and duds. So they call it the dog days of summer. And we're closing the door in August and getting ready for the final month of the fantasy baseball season. Time to reach back. Give it everything you got. That was really corny. For the last four weeks, part of it is paying attention to these fringeworthy players. Have you been, uh, how have they been performing? Deciding if you want to spend up in fab on certain guys down the stretch here. Cut off that dead weight you don't want on your roster. Um, all that good stuff, you know, but anyway. So how I did this, I kind of tried to do the SP streamer-ish kind of thing here. And I looked at the consensus the consensus rostered around 60% and under between ESPN okay. and Yahoo together here. So I've got two stud groups of hitters and two stud groups of pitchers. And then, of course, I have a dud for each as well. And you have to forgive me, listening audience, because I am now back to in-school teaching for the year. So the stats were going into Tuesday's game. So it's a couple games behind. 
but it should still be close. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not going to be 100% what it was when I originally wrote this, but the preface is the same here. So let's start diving in. Let's go into the hitters first. And the first category, and what I want you guys to do is out of three I give you, just pick the one that you feel like you're most confident you want to talk about as far as somebody that either you're like, hey, don't buy into this. Or you're like, hey, you need to listen to what I'm saying. Pick this guy up right now. Make sense? Mm-hmm. I'm very, I know I'm kind of weird when I talk. So anyway, that's the Not first three all. guys I, I got you. I understood. <laughs> the first I'm the three worst guys. when it comes to that. <laughs> what is that? I'm the worst when it comes to like saying anything. Yeah, I mean, you guys like just saw me stum- You guys just saw me stumble over my my words initially. So it's just now that's out of the gate. So now you know, ready this to go. It's a safe space. Okay. I love it. It's I okay. It. You know, I'm judging all of you. <laughs> <laughs> so the three we're going to start out with is Ahmed Rosario, Connor Joe, and Nikki Lopez. Now Ahmed Rosario was batting 382, 414, 608 slash with 19 runs, three home runs, 16 RBIs, and three stolen bases so far in the last 30 days. Here, Connor Joe. A 322, 395, 86 clip, 12 runs, 6 homers, 21 RBIs, and Nicky Lopez, 286, 316, 385, 10 runs, 1 homer, 10 RBIs, and 10 stolen bases. So these three hitters, again, over the last 30 days. Mike, let me go to you first. Which of these three hitters are we bringing to the table first? Um... I mean, we'll just go in order, I guess. Uh, we could talk about Ahmed Rosario. Um... I, I kind of think that he is going to be maybe not as good, but obviously uh, I think he's going to be worthwhile to uh, roster moving forward. Um, I just think he's making a lot more contact, a lot better contact. He's making more contact in the zone. Uh, so and basically he's doing that. He, he's been able to do that because he's been a lot more aggressive at the plate. And because of that, that's led to a 174 WRC plus in the past month. Um, the BABIP is high, but I feel like even when it normalizes, he still could be hitting around 300. So you're going to get a hitter who's hit in, you know, either high twos to round three, and then he could get you some bags. So I feel like he's definitely worth uh, holding on to or grabbing if he's out there. I hear those stats, and all I just think is, oh, yeah. <laughs> I started to be your most over you. Who is that? That's SpongeBob. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> uh, Lauren, of the three names who stuck out to you on this list? Well, I was I was going to go with Ahmed Rosario as well, um, just because I think that what I like about him is that he makes he does make a lot of contact in the zone, but he contributes a little bit everywhere. He's not going to hurt you anywhere, right? And um, which is something that you want to see. So if you need if you need some steals, he can help you out. He's batting second. Cleveland likes to run, so you've got some nice run scored upside there. Um, and he's solid in the batting average department, so um, he's not going to hurt you. You know, if you're making kind of a final push, um, or if you just need a fill-in player, he's great. Um, so I also like Ahmed Rosario, but I can also do. Do we need to be talking about everyone, or were we picking? No, one no, out? I was just yeah. okay. whatever you're putting your heart and soul into out of this group. Out of those three, I would roll with Rosario out of all of those. Well, here's my thing, though. I feel like it depends on what you need, too, with your team. Like, if you want power, I feel like Connor Joe's the man to go, especially because, obviously, when he plays in cores. But in the last month, his ISO is at, like, a ridiculous mark. Um, His bow rate has been up. He reached a new max exit velocity. And his strikeout rate is starting to dip a little bit, too. So, I feel like if you want power, Connor Joe's the way to go. But if you want average with a little bit of bags, I feel like, 
Rosario. Although you can make an argument for Nicky Lopez. I like all three of them. He's got 10 stolen bases. (laughs) I I like all three of them. (laughs) I mean, I think like Nicky is a straight up, if you need steals, Nicky's your guy, right? The problem with Nicky is you're getting literally no power. That's it. I know he hit a home run the other day, but that's probably going to be it the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like he's straight up steals. And so if you need that right now, um, then he's a solid pickup. Um, you know, but you do have to be kind of a little wary because if his hitting starts to fall off, I think that his batting average can plummet. He's got an expected batting average of 230. And with his limited time, um, kind of in, in the, uh, in the majors, he has a 0.060 ISO and a 303 OBP, um, which isn't good, you know? So it's just like, I would, if, you know, roll with him if he needs steals, but once he kind of starts to, to fade a little bit, if he does, then I, you know, I would uh, kind of pull the plug on him. I think that's well said. Again, kind of like you guys are touching on, depending on what you need, if you need power, if you need steals, if you kind of need a little bit of everything, that's can kind of how you can look at it here. And good point with the power, Lauren, too, because that ISO is absolutely dreadful, so you can't expect really much of anything from him. Doc, mm. I guess we can hear from you, too. Who Who is the... Well, I didn't pick a Med Rosario. I picked someone yeah, yeah, with. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I picked Connor Joe. First of all, not a fan of people with two first names. So yeah, I'm looking there, yeah. You, you, you have to factor that in. I, I'm also not buying it. He has 185 career plate appearances, and he's 29 years old. So obviously, teams haven't believed in him for long periods of time. And I look at the home run, home road splits, and they are real. He's hitting 343 with five homers, 17 RBIs at home. 67 at bats, and away he's hitting 250 with two homers, 12 RBIs, and 80 at bats. So I know what Mike said, where his ISO has been ridiculous the past month. He's hit a new uh, egg, high exit velo, but they're also talking about Raymel Tapia coming back September 1st when rosters expand. So he might not have every day playing. Well, you're, you're the king. You were the king of can't listen to those timelines. You're going against yourself. No, they're, they're talking about how when the rosters expand, that's when they would bring him back, that he might be ready now, but they're not going to rush him back. But when teams can feel Rockies more players. That's true. <laughs> Conventional wisdom does not You could be right. I mean, for all we know, they could just bench Connor Joe the rest of the year, too. We have mm-hmm. no idea. They're just crazy over there. I mean, if you can yeah. if you can stream him a week where the Rockies are at home, I would feel more mm-hmm. confident. But he doesn't provide much when he's playing away. All right, Eric's yeah. putting a Debbie down. Yeah. <laughs> On Connor Joe there. So let's move to this next group of stud hitters and talk about him here. Miles Straw, who in the last 30 games, 304, 366, 431 slash, 22 runs, only one home run, 10 RBIs, and six steals. Tyler Naquin, 325, 398, 639 slash, with 18 runs, five homers, 11 RBIs, and one steal. It's been kind of a weird season with Tyler Naquin. He was extremely hot. Then Cole, David, stop. I'm going to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Frank the Tank Schwindel, 361, 418, 639 slash 11 runs, 4 home runs, 15 RBI. So, Lauren, I'll start with you first on this one. Out of this group, which one needs to be talked about? This is tough because I think that I like a lot about all three of these guys, but... Um, you know, I'm going to roll with Miles Straw. I did write about him a couple weeks ago at Fantrax, so I'm just going to plug that right there. But he basically, <laughs> since, since the uh, the deadline, uh, the trade deadline, you know, he moved over from Houston to Cleveland. He's, you know, 
the run opportunities, uh, you know, in Cleveland aren't as good as they are in uh, Houston, but he's batting leadoff. Like I said earlier, kind of with the Med Rosario, they do like to run. Um, and he's found himself in a nice kind of opportunity now post trade, trade deadline. So, um, you know, since the trade, he's, he's batting 296, he's got 19 runs scored, seven RBI and uh, four stolen bases, as well as nine doubles. You know, he's not going to give you power. So again, you know, what Michael brought up uh, with our early, earlier set of guys, you know, if you need power, Miles Straw is not your guy. Um, but he's tied for six best in the league in steals. Um, and his both his whiff rate and his chase rate uh, are in the top 5% of the league. So he's got, you know, solid kind of plate approach. Um, and that's consistent with his minor league numbers. So um, I guess this is, you know, if you he's got the run... The uh, run scored upside. He has the steals. He's he's got the average. He's not going to give you power, but he's sitting atop you know a lineup, and um, you know I I think that he's he's good rest of season, and I think that the move uh, to hit for, the move uh, to Cleveland for both him and Cleveland is a, is a good match. Yeah, I agree. He's going to get the playing time for number one, like he hadn't been getting in Houston consistently. He's going to mm-hmm. steal bases. Like you said, the, the strikeout rate has, has been improving. And, and I think ultimately uh, somebody that's going to help you down the stretch here. And uh, I mean, again, 304 average, if he's hitting for that kind of average for you down the stretch, that's an extra bonus there. Doc, I know, I guess you're talking about Tyler Naquin. Well, I just so. want to touch on Miles Straw. I picked him up like a month ago in our home league. That's the dude he's been doing well. He's Miles Straw, and here we are talking about him on the show. And we're talking about Jake Bowers in the list oh, that we never Bowers. thought would would you do wanna well. Lose, do you want to lose the people watching in that? All right, all right. Well, I'll, I'll switch to Tyler Naquin, and I'm buying him. This season, he has the second-highest walk rate of his career and the second-lowest strikeout rate of his career. Now, he is a streaky guy, as David had talked about. He had six home runs in March and April, 64 at-bats. Then he had seven home runs in May through July, 241 at-bats. Then he has five home runs this month and 63 at-bats. He's hitting 397 this month, and he's hitting 457 during his 12-game hitting streak. He's locked into an everyday role in a hitter-friendly ballpark, and Cincinnati's lineup looks to be locked and loaded. I'm rolling with him rest of the season. Are you not concerned that he's going to um, get hurt again? As you know, that's that's been the Tyler Naquin story, that he can't stay healthy. Is that play? I mean, there's the, there's there's a month and change left of the season. I'm banking that he doesn't. Okay. Fair it's enough. not like he's Nick Senzel. Or Byron Buxton. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, those, yeah. They're just walking injuries. Yeah. Uh, all right, Simeone. Any of the ones mentioned? Your people? Or uh, do you have the third person as your person? Um, I just want to say, I do like the Miles Straw call because I noticed that he actually has increased his launch angle and, um, has, which has led to more line drives and a better batting average. So I feel like Straw is, is kind of becoming the real deal. Uh, I'm with, with, uh, Doc on Naquin actually, because, um, I think what's most important, which he kind of mentioned, uh, career wise, he's dropped the strikeout rate, but even since in the past month, um, so I think his career, I mean, his strikeout rate for this season is 22.7%, but in this month, it's dropped to 13.9%. So that's a massive difference. And I think he just um, has a new approach at the plate. And because of that, he has a 15.1 barrel rate in August. So um, I think the power is for real. I think he could give you a ton of power. So I feel like if you're feeling a little frisky and want to take a chance, he's the guy to go with. Feeling frisky? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. I guess if you're feeling frisky there, you heard it from him himself. <laughs> That's right. 
What, what sound drop did he use for that band? You Tyler Naquin in your lineup. SpongeBob has spoken. Okay, mm-hmm. let's get let's talk about some duds here. We've got Didi Gregorius, two ten, two seventy five, three fifty eight slash, four runs, two homers, nine RBIs in the last thirty days. Austin Hayes, who I know had a, a like bases clearing double the other night, so I know for sure these won't be in his stats. But before that, one ninety six, two twenty eight, three thirty. With eight runs, four home runs, eight RBIs, and two steals, your boy did call. That was that was one of the duds I hit on before the season started. I didn't think it was going to be good. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. And I will not applaud you. <laughs> Joe Adele, 200, 253, 300 slash, seven runs, one home run, twelve RBIs, one steal. Everybody keeps waiting for Joe Adele to happen, and uh, it's just not going to happen. It's just like trying to make fetch happen. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> Joe Adele just seems like it's a lost cause at this point, honestly. But go ahead, Doc. Which one of these do you want to talk about? Well, I'm going to piggyback off of you and talk about how much of a dud Joe Adele is. That's a perfect trend. I mean, this, this is a guy that has had a statistically low walk rate. I mean, this year it's 5%. It's been low in the minors. His highest was 10.4, and that was in double-A ball. So if you're not walking a lot in double-A, you're surely not going to improve as he gets to the majors. And he's had a really high K rate and kind of the opposite of what we're talking with Naquin. This year, it's 28.7%. Last year, it was 41.7%. That's higher than Miguel Sano, who's a walk striker, home run guy. And the Angels have no protection in their lineup. Mike Trout, there's looking like increasing odds he doesn't play again this year. Rendon is out. Besides Otani, and um, uh, I think Brandon Marsh has been pretty hot. There's literally no protection for him. I know it's very early to call it a bust, but I feel like he's going to be the Forrest Whitley of hitting, where he's just so wow. hyped up, and he just never amounts to anything. Now, albeit he's actually played in the major, so he's a little bit further than Forrest Whitley, but I just don't think we're going to see the Joe Adele prodigy that we thought. Now, let me say this. It takes a special two guests in here to get one little cheesecake to hop into the chat. <laughs> that, that, uh... He doesn't hop in the chats too often, so that, that <laughs> is a honor. special moment right there. Um, no, I, I mean, I agree. I, like I said, I don't know. I mean, Joe Adele's still young, but I'm at this point right now, like the strikeout rate's just been awful for so long, even though it's better this year. Uh, at some point, the Forrest Whitley <laughs> of hitters, I think that, <laughs> that that's pretty bad. That's that's a hard comparison there. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'd, I'd be glad to be wrong. No, no I was just going to say, I mean, I, I totally get that. And I think if we're talking about this season, I think if you're like in a redraft league, you know, I, I know everyone talks about his upside, but we're past the point right now where you want to, you can't bank. There's not enough time to bank on upside right mm-hmm. now. Right. So, um, you know, I think it's a different, uh, it's a different thing if, you, if you're talking about kind of um, like a, a dynasty or a keeper league or something. But uh, this season, I think that, you know, I, I wouldn't have him on my roster right now uh, for a redraft league. I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as as, as Doc is just to say that I'm not going to write him off entirely yet, but I will for this season. Um, but I don't I you know, I'll still give him a, a little bit of I mean, he, he's a top prospect. He Yes, he he does have that. He, he doesn't problem strikeouts, um, but, uh, you know. Let's, let's see what happens next year. I think this year is, is he's kind of 
Dunzo, but uh, I'm not going to write him off fully. So I'll for, upgrade him a little bit then. He's the Nate no. Pearson of hitting. <laughs> okay, there you go. Then that's better. Okay. That's a you better can't cost. call Nate Pearson. <laughs> Nate Pearson. Oh, I think man. that's a little early on the Nate Pearson. Um, not to beat a dead horse, but I agree with uh, Joe Adele here. Um, I mean, it's too many contact issues there. I do think he get you power, though. Um, and he kind of reminds me of like, I kind of think of him as like a, uh, I want to say like Joey Gallo, but he'll only hit like 20 homers. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See? Wait, wait, show the one before. I agree with Eric there. Have, oh, do it! No he shot. Said, he said, "At Michael Dance, he said he agrees." I was gonna, I was gonna see if I could pull up uh, and put it on the screen of you doing your dance, but uh, you uh, could have. But is that know. a gift for me? I'd rather you do the real thing, honestly. No, that's not happening. <laughs> how, how about this? If you win the game tonight, you have to dance. Mm, then I'll lose on. If I win the game, lose. if I win the game, he has to do it. Dancing's not happening. I only do that. No, never happening again. Uh, at least with that, we have a gift of it forever. And maybe ever, at so. first pitch, but we'll see. I'll you maybe do it at first pitch I can't just, be, just because David won't be there. That's so mean. <laughs> let's get a lot of bourbon in him and then ask. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about some pitching now. Let's go into Michael's wheelhouse here. We've got Cal Quantrill, 37.1 innings pitched in the last 30 days with six starts, five being quality starts, a one four six ERA over that time. You got Kyle Freeland, 29.2 innings pitch, five starts, three quality starts, a 310 ERA. Then you got Daniel Lynch, 36.2 innings pitch, six starts, three quality starts, and a 227 ERA. Now, uh, pitchers definitely are very volatile, and a lot of times it's very matchup dependent, but some of these guys have been doing it consistently and uh, over and over and over and over again. So I'm going to start with Simeon again, who is the pitcher you want to talk about. Um, the only one that I think, uh, interests me really in this group is Kyle Freeland. Um, I know you got Coors Field and all that stuff, but since July, he has a 2.89 ERA with a FIP to match it, a 1.13 whip. Um, the Sierra's not bad either. And basically the way he's doing is just how how he's always done it when he's, you know, uh, like two years ago when he was pitching really well, he's inducing a lot of weak contact, low brow rate, low hard hit percentage. Uh, he has a legit slider. It's a, it's a really good, um, whiff pitch to have. So I just feel like it's hard to go against him at this point. I mean, he's got two months of a sub three year array, and I feel like you can't ignore him anymore. And he's just someone to consistently start. So I'm going to go with Kyle Freeland because I see I see issues with the other two pitchers. Here, so. That's fair. That's fair. They definitely have some holes in them. I know. Uh, obviously, Daniel Lynch, even like not looking. First of all, his strikeout rate isn't great, and he also doesn't have the track record. He struggled really badly his first time up. So you have to wonder, hey. How long can he be doing this? Cal Quantrill doesn't interest you at all because his he's actually also limiting a lot of hard contact, which I think is very interesting. I, the problem with me and Quantrill is he has no – none of his pitches can induce a lot of whiffs. Like he has no true swing and miss pitch. And um, he's really relied, relying on his slaughter location command. And it, it like he is a clone to me as Zach Plezak right now. Like relies on really, really, really good command but doesn't have amazing stuff. And that's what the Indians are so good at. But if that command goes away, like what happened to Plezak, he has nothing else to go back on. So I feel like if that command gives up or when it does give up, Quantrill's going to have nothing else and he's just going to get hit hard. So um, that's what worries me about him and why I can't buy into him. 
Okay, that's fair. So, Lauren, did he poo-poo over either of the ones you wanted to talk about, or do you agree? Well, you know, it's, I was going to go with Freeland, and he covered the points that I had. Thank you very little, Michael. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, I think that Quantrill's interesting. I, you know, I, I like that comparison to Please Zap. I think that's, that's, it's a good comp. Um, it's just like, you know, he is in the mold of those Cleveland pitchers where, you know, they don't blow you away. They're really great at command. Um, and they can locate the pitches really well, but if that's not there, you know, then it's, it's, it's no bueno. It's not good, you know? And so, um, if he can't do that, um, then he's, he loses a lot of, a lot of value there. So, um, yeah, I mean, those are the two that I was going to cover. I could, I mean, does, is anyone going to talk about Daniel Lynch at all or? No. I'm going no, to Lynch as well. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> wow. Uh, man. Yeah. You know, you know, Kyle Freeland's my guy. No love for Lynch. Okay, fair enough. Uh, did you want to add anything to Freeland, Eric? Yeah, so, I mean, Simeone had talked about, uh, you know, how he's been recently. Look, his, his, the beginning of the season was rough. First five starts, he had a 9.80 ERA. But the 11 starts since then, 2.38 ERA. He's faced the Dodgers twice, the Padres twice, the Cardinals, the Giants. He's had six home starts. So more home than road. His curve has been nasty this year. A .88 batting average. Big change in the vertical movement. And he throws five pitches. Talked about the slider, the curve, sink, change of fastball. And if we look at his 2018 season, when he finished fourth in Cy Young voting, he was 17-7 and seven with a 2.85 ERA. He's only 28, so it's not like this is a mirage. And you got to feel confident starting him the rest of the year. All right, so if you have Kyle Freeland on your roster, you can walk around feeling invincible because it uh, sounds like everybody agrees on Kyle Freeland there. So... Let's move to another group of stud pitchers. Let's talk about Carlos Hernandez. 31.1 innings pitch with five starts, three quality starts, 205 ERA in the last 30 days. Ronaldo Lopez, 21 innings pitched, three of those starts, zero quality starts, but he's been just an ace in the bullpen, a 171 ERA over that time. But maybe he can pick you up some wins if he's piggybacking. Nestor Cortez Jr., 29.2 innings pitch with five starts, two being quality starts, and a 314. ERA. Interesting group of guys here. Lauren, who intrigues you the most? I, you know, Carlos Hernandez is kind of interesting to me. I mean, you know, since he's moved from uh, the bullpen to the rotation, um, like I said, I mean, he has a 205 ERA, a .98 um, whip, and his ERA estimators are kind of you know, hovering around the fours. Um, but he's had solid opponents, and he's pitched well. You know, he's, he's faced the White Sox twice, the Yankees, Houston. He also had the Cubs in there, but um, you know he faced everyone. He had quality starts. He he got one earned one run or less in all of those except for Houston. Um, but he's got a solid pitch arsenal. I think the stuff is there. I think it's interesting. He's got a like really mean fast fastball, and uh, his fastball velo is ninety seven point four. And I think when he you know, when he's throwing that and then he mixes that with his curve and his slider, which are kind of in the, in the low to mid 80s, it's really keeping batters off rhythm. And so um, I think that that's interesting. Uh, you know, since he's moved, to, I don't know if there's a lot of strikeout upside. I mean, since he's moved to the rotation, we've seen his um, strikeouts go from a 24.3 to a 19.1. Um, but, you know, his stuff interests me, I think. And uh, he does have the ability to get strikeouts. So, um, yeah, I, I'm interested in Carlos Hernandez. Okay, fair enough. Totally separate, mm-hmm. 
I know Doc knows this answer, so you're not allowed to answer this. Do Mike or Lauren, do either of you remember the pitcher for the Cleveland Guardians that had the last name Hernandez that pitched probably, I guess it was over 10 years ago now. He pitched with CC Sabathia when he was on that staff. He used to go by a different name. No idea. No, He's a I cheater. Don't. Used to go by a different name? So you, you will know him by a different name. But he was the he was a potential Cy Young Award candidate, one of his best years. Pitched with CC Sabathia when they were is he, in Cleveland. Is Jake he like Westbrook on the days? Side? Jake Westbrook days. Is he on the bigger side? He is uh, now. Is he fat now? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Last time I saw him, he was muy gordo. Okay. Um, I don't know. You can just tell. <laughs> do either of you remember the pitcher Fausto Carmona? No. Mm-mm. What? What? <laughs> How do we know this? You guys Wait a second. How do we not know this? I don't Fausto, know. Fausto Carmona, now Roberto Hernandez. Oh, Roberto Hernandez. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He used to be by. He used to go by Fausto Carmona. I didn't know that. Know it's like that. it's like when John Carlos Stan used to go by Mike. By Mike, yeah. Wow, everybody knows. Someone, I feel like someone else changed their name too. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, how did Fausto Carmona was the one I think everybody knew his name. And then Roberto Hernandez was like, he actually changed his name, but that was like at the end of his career. All right, well, I don't know. Hmm. I don't. What did that have to do with this? Because she's just the last closer. name. Just because, yeah, because sometimes I, I get a little off topic. I mean, uh, you're right. Hernandez is a very uncommon name. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I just for some reason they both pitched in the same division. I don't know. I'll get back on track here. Doc, pick one of these out for me. Yeah, so I'm ta- I'm talking about Reynaldo Lopez, and I'm not buying him. I mean, look, he's career mid-fours, low five ERA pitcher. And he's going to give you like one or two games a year where he'll throw eight innings plus, two earn, 10Ks. He did that in 2019. And he does it against good teams where you're like, okay, maybe he's finally unlocked the potential. And he's had a few good outings this year, five innings pitched, one hit, four Ks versus Oakland. But I'm not buying him long term. Now, maybe if the White Sox put him in a Michael Kopech role where you know he pitches an inning or two at a time, that he's the pretty effective. Gives up five earned runs today. What do you say? You mean the role that gives up five earned runs? Like did, did Reynaldo Lopez give up five earned today? No, no. Michael Kopech gave up five earned runs today. Oh. oh. Hey, I mean, prior to that, Kopech has been good in you know an inning or two role. Uh, I know he has a one eight six ERA and a point eight three WHIP, but I wouldn't trust him as a starter. Um, you know, like I said, if you try and you if you play in a points league or a league that does holds, maybe a little bit more value, but. He's kind of just a jag at this point. Yeah, I think the it'll be interesting thing will be if they try to limit the innings of Carlos. I know Carlos Rodon was on the Phantom IL list, and now he's he just pitched today. Actually, he was his mm-hmm. first game back. But if they try to limit their starters at all down the stretch, they have a pretty decent lead in the AL Central. So if they limit their pitchers' innings, and Ronaldo Lopez gets to have a lot more bulk appearances because they're limiting Giolito to maybe you know three or four innings or or Carlos Rodon, whoever they limit to save him for the playoffs, then Lopez is going to have a chance to get a lot more wins if they're doing that. So I think that's one of the things that could Or kill your ratios. I mean, again, maybe if they only have him pitch one time through the order, that might be something that could work well for him until he builds up. Then he's not going to get a win. No, if if he comes in after... Oh, if he piggybacks. Yeah, I'm saying if he uses a piggyback. I don't know if that's how they'll use him, but we can see. All right, Simeone, go ahead. Go ahead and talk. Uh, I refuse to look at Ronaldo Lopez. I won't even look at his profile. I, I give up <laughs> on that guy. Um, 
I agree with Lauren, actually. I'm going with Carlos Hernandez. Um, she explained it really well. I mean, his stuff is just really, really, really good. Uh, high 90s fastball, killer slider, the curveball induces a lot of weak contact. Um, I think the main crutch is he has some issues with command, and I think that's what uh, ends up getting the best of him from time to time. But again, young pitcher and uh, something he certainly can work on. And I feel like if you have the stuff, you know, command is a little easier to, to do compared to vice versa. Um, so I, I really like Hernandez a lot. I, I don't know if he's going to really do it this year, obviously, but um, coming into next year, I'll definitely be buying him where I can. Do you guys feel he's matchup proof at this point? Like, are you starting him with confidence regardless of the matchup? Do you guys believe in him that much down the stretch? Or is it only against teams kind of at the bottom of like a WRC plus or, or however they're hitting the last few days? Is that that factor in with him or is it what do you guys think with him well i mean yeah. he's held his own i mean i think well i maybe we have a different opinion i mean he has held his own i think i guess it does depend but he has held his own against some strong offenses uh so far so um i guess i th- i would like a little c confident is that a i'll do a little c confident uh, I, I mean, he has he has pitched really well against the white Sox and stuff um i mean houston ended up hitting him but uh I wouldn't say matchup proof. Like, I don't think I'd throw him out there against, like, you know, the the Giants or the Astros or anything like that. But, um, I, I mean, basically anyone besides the top offenses, yeah, just toss him out there and see what happens. Because, I mean, you know, worst case, he's going to probably get your Ks. So, at least he'll get that if he, if he doesn't have that great of a start. So, no Nestor Cortez love. You guys don't love the deceptive delivery with uh, my offense back in him. I know arm angles don't look great, that, but do you that. think that he can Johnny Cueto his way to relevancy down the stretch here? I literally wrote under in my notes, think Johnny Cueto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. The swag is up there. Uh, I don't think he's. I don't think he's a bad pitcher at all, but I just would much rather prefer Hernandez over him. Yeah, Nestor and I think Cortez, also. Yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, that was it. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I also think, you know, it's it's a little tricky when you're talking about kind of fly ball pitchers, you know, at Yankee Stadium. And, you know, I don't I don't know if I feel super confident that he's going to continue to limit hard contact. And that also is a little dicey at Yankee Stadium. So, um, you know, I think he's been fine, but I'm, I wouldn't be rolling him out with 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 a ton of confidence. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, then let's move to the last group of pitchers we're going to talk about here, and we're going to talk about the duds. And we have to lead off the duds with Zach Plesak, of course. 26.2 innings pitch, five starts, one quality start, a 6-4-9 ERA. This did not factor his start against Texas, but he gave up 14 hard-hit balls in that start. Even though his line looks okay, it was not pretty, and I think he benefited from a lot of balls and play luck, and I would not expect that. And Texas is one of the worst offenses, so... Uh, Zach Plesa, again, the 6-4-9 ERA going into the most recent start against Texas. Logan Gilbert, 25.1 innings pitched, five starts, one quality start, an 8-17 ERA over the last 30 days in those 25 innings there. And Dallas Keuchel, 33 innings pitched, six starts, one quality start, 6-2-1 ERA over that time. 
So go ahead, Doc. You can lead this one off of the duds. Who is the dud that you are trying to cut bait with right now? All right, well, I'll trash Dallas Keuchel for everyone. He's going to continue to suck. And it's funny, I looked at his career, and he's alternated good and bad seasons. So this year, he's having a bad season. But in 2020, he was fifth in Cy Young voting. 2019 is when he didn't get picked up to begin the season, and the Braves signed him in an expected ERA of 466. Then 2018, he had an expected ERA of 357. So that means next year he's going to have a good year. His whip has been 1.3 plus three out of the last four years. He has the lowest K percentage since his rookie year to combat that with the highest walk percentage since his rookie year. He's thrown 1,501 innings pitched. And that group he's in is the Steven Strasburgs, the Jose Quintanas, and the Jake Arrietas. Two of those three are awful this year. And one of them has barely pitched. So to think that you're going to get good production from Dallas Keuchel this year, you probably won't. But a good buy low candidate next year. I mean, or, I mean, again, he's still got the great offense behind him. He's durable. He can throw a lot of innings. He, I, Mike, I, I'll go to you next. I think he would probably be the one out of this group I probably feel the best about. Even I don't feel great about any of these people. But if I had to pick them in order, he's probably the one I would put the highest as far as liking. Have any bias because you took Plesak early? No, I mean, no, like, it's, it's just a fact that when Plesak's even good, he's bad. Like, he's not getting Ks like everybody, like, people thought he was going to get strikeouts. And people also thought he was going to give you a lot of innings. He hasn't been giving you a lot of innings. Hurt said I took him over Zach Wheeler and TGFBI. I went Ooh. against my gut. Yeah, I was texting David and Nara. If, if, oh. if, if we're just spewing out things, I took Kenda Maeda over Corbin <laughs> Burns. So we can, we can, that is <laughs> true. We can do all this all night. But yeah. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Who is the, pitcher you want to talk about in this dud group? I mean, I actually want to talk about a pitcher I like and who I actually tweeted about uh, today, and that's Logan Gilbert. Um, I, I mean, he has a really, really, really good four-seam fastball that has a ton of vertical movement to it, and I really like his breaking balls as well. Um, I think he just gets killed on the changeup because sometimes he leaves it over the plate, but he's young and there's room for growth. And before August, I mean, in the month of June, July, he had a 3.35 ERA with a FIP that was 3.08. So he actually should have pitched even better. Um, and I think that just, you know, proved that he has the stuff to be successful. And in August, he really just had two bad starts. And that was against the Houston Astros and Toronto Blue Jays, two really good all offenses. Um, so, you know, you kind of can't blame him for that. He's a rookie pitcher. Obviously, those offenses are going to take advantage of him and, you know, his weaknesses. Um, so I think he's going to be a lot better moving forward. And um, I, as well as next year, I said I'm going to be all in on him next year um, just because I really like the stuff. Um, so I think he's not nearly as bad as his August numbers show. And I think he could be like a high three ERA pitcher the rest of the season. I was going to say the exact same thing. I was going to point out that, you know, Logan was actually, he's in the dud list, but I think that um, he's less duddy than I think it, it, you know, he looks right now. You know, his ERA estimators are sub four. Um, Michael referenced those uh, kind of just really two bad outings against Houston and Toronto. He also had, uh, you know, there should be positive regression because he had a 349 BABIP during that that time in a 51.2 uh, left on base percentage. He still gives you Ks. He's been giving you Ks during um, this kind of bad period, uh, 30 Ks and, you know, 28 in, in 28 innings pitched, and he has good command. So um, I'm kind of with Michael on this one, and I think that um, 
I, you know, I'm still kind of confident with him this season. He has Seattle, I think, coming up. Maybe he has Kansas um, City tomorrow. Oh, he's Kansas City. Okay. How are you guys um, feeling about that? Some of us are debating about starting him. I would definitely start. I him. would. Start okay. Him. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's turn into an advice show, Eric. <laughs> I didn't wait till we're off air. I got to ask Simeone about my pick tonight. Uh, and Lauren. Yeah. I mean, so I, um, yeah, I think there's, there's uh, some positive uh, regression there. And I, I do like Logan Gilbert. And definitely next season, I think that uh, he should be moving up uh, people's ranks. Let's play a little name game here. We've got a bonus game to our regular game. <laughs> Logan Gilbert or Alec Manoa? For oh, what? Like for the, this rest of the season? This season? Let's let's talk. Let's say for when you're drafting next year, who are you taking first? It depends on draft price. I'll, I'll take I'll <laughs> take I'll take, I'll take Alex Manoa but... because of wins. Assume it's equal for right now. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I still want to say Gilbert. So one Manoa, know, one Gilbert. I think I'll do Manoa. I think that the the win potential there is good. Logan Gilbert. Or Shane McClanahan? McClanahan. McClanahan. Logan Gilbert or Casey Mize? Logan Gilbert. Yeah. You're not going to fully unleash Casey Mize for another, like, not next year, but the year after is when they'll unleash Casey yeah. Mize. Logan Gilbert or Trevor Rogers? Trevor Rogers. Rogers. Is that even Rogers. a question? All right, last one. Trevor Rogers or Alec Manoa? Rogers. No, no, no. Sorry, Trevor Rogers or McClanahan? That's tough. Um, I still may roll Rogers. I want to say Rogers because I feel like he'll get more innings. Okay. So these these are going to be a lot of the. I think the cool thing about the pitchers that we just mentioned is that it's a great young crop of pitchers. That are that are yeah. now kind of going to get more innings next year. They I feel all like pitching is going to be stuff. deep next year. Yeah, like it, those are guys that you're if you miss on the aces early on, that these guys are going to be great guys to have in the middle to like back ends of your rotation. And I think that that's pitching's in great hands right now. Even some guy who I personally like, Luis Garcia, who is I th- I'm, you could say he's overperforming what he's doing, but right now he's been very consistent this year outside of a couple stars. I think he's also a pitcher to watch next year too as innings will go up. So we'll keep an eye on that. But great discussion of all these pitchers and hitter studs and duds. But let's get to the fun part of the show, and that's going to start with the question of the week. 2,000 years later. All right. Our question of the week is sponsored by Monkey Night Fight. An official affiliate, Triple Play is an official affiliate to Monkey Night Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code Triple Play and get up to $50 of your deposit match when you become a new user and you use that code. So, our question of the week was picked out by the doc this week. And his question was Which MLB player do you think was the biggest class clown in high school? So, I would like to, if you guys have a reasoning behind it, I think it makes it even cooler. But if not, just whoever's. Whoever you think it could be, just who screams it to you. So, Warren, we'll start with you. Who's the class? the class clown? I, I. What about Joey Votto? Just because he's Joey Votto and he's crazy and he's goofy and he, you know, he'll just send videos of himself mopping in shorts to his teammates, not saying anything, and it's just like very Joey Votto. So I'm gonna roll with Joey Votto. That's a good one. 
Yeah, I mean that that alone, just him doing that in his shorts, I think like that's something a class clown would do. Only that's in a- shorts, mopping floors. Like he takes <laughs> videos of himself doing this. God, can you imagine probably in high school what he was doing? Was probably <laughs> Yeah. That's fantastic. That's a great way to start it off. Simeon, what's your pick? I mean Lauren stole my pick. I was gonna say Joey Votto as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I, I just feel like he's always a character out there. Um I know a lot of people love Brett Phillips. I was going to say, that's been the popular answer. He always does like crazy things on the field and and funny stuff like that, too. So I would go with those two. Okay. So Brett Phillips and Joey Votto have been the two. What about you, Doc? I'm going Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, just such a fun guy. Have you guys heard his Cleveland Brown impersonation? Mm Mm-mm. He does. Oh, you haven't? Oh, we no. gotta look it up after the show. Okay. He's just a wacky guy, and you even look at his Twitter bio. I don't pimp home runs. Okay, sometimes I do. Larry is my alter ego as of two twelve twenty. Just seems like a fun guy. Love to get a beer with him. Yeah, like a hangout guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think he's got a lot of personality. Um, for some reason, and I'm going against. I said to give some kind of reasoning behind it. I feel like Bryce Harper might have been i feel like i know he's like comes off as like very yeah. serious but i feel like he was when he was like young he was like really immature and probably like like as like a middle schooler i could have mm-hmm. seen him being that guy and yeah that yeah like he's i know he's done like he did some like bar stool stuff and like they're kind of like class clown type of vibes and stuff like that so i i could see him when he was younger doing stuff like that uh but not not any concrete evidence. You guys have a lot better evidence than I did, so I totally <laughs> went against my question. But that's why you guys are all here for that. So, <laughs> and that's why you're the host. <laughs> and that's why you go last. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, I was I was like struggling trying to think, but I was like, that's the only that was the first guy who popped in my mind when I like when you gave me the question. So, all right, let's move to the last part of the show, and that's going to be our game of the week. All right, Doc. Hopefully you have a better game because I feel like your games have been lacking recently. Are you oh, serious? Just Josh because fired. you were awful, just no. because you were awful at my game last week doesn't mean it was bad. All right, let's let's calm that down. What do you got? So, so we're gonna play a little odd one out here. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you a stat or a question. I'm gonna give you four players. Three of them have done what I'm requesting, and then one hasn't. And so the thing is, if Simeone wins, he has to do his dance. We all agreed upon this prior well, no, no, to the no, show. No, because if he's going to throw the game, <laughs> throw the game then. If, yeah. why, would he, why would he want to ruin his reputation and record on triple play games? What's his record? I want to know. You want to know? Oh, all right. Yeah, we got to. Oh, he is want to know. Oh, man. I wish I could take, take you down. Oh, I wish we could take him down. So the order is going to be David, Lauren, Simeone. And then Lauren, Simeone, David, you guys get the point. I have five questions here and a six for bonus one. You guys ready? All right, let's go. Mm-hmm. So the first one is, which one of these stud pitchers has not had a season with an ERA over four? Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw, Jacob DeGrom, or Max Scherzer? I feel like it. I, I'm pretty sure I remember Verlander doing it. Scherzer maybe when it was his Arizona days. I'm pretty sure. I, I want to say it. Jacob DeGrom, and I'm very confident in that answer. Okay. Lauren? Um, I'm going with Kershaw. Okay. Simeone? Yeah, it's between DeGrom and Kershaw for me. I'm pretty sure. I know Scherzer definitely did. Uh, Verlander, I feel like he did too. Um, I'm going to lean 
I'm going to lean Kershaw because I think DeGrom had above a four-year age when he came up, maybe, or a year or two. Wait, before well, you say it, before you say it, when Eric smiles like that, it means you hit the, hit the nail on him, am I right? Uh, no, it's actually DeGrom. Oh, yeah. That's, that's why I had, Simeon, that's why I had you go in last for the first one, because I was like, he's probably going to know that. So I couldn't let David mm. piggyback off of you, but I can't believe I couldn't David... remember. I, I felt like there was a season where he was close, like early on. Kershaw had, had one season, I think it was his third, that he had an ERA over oh, four. Okay. Other than that, it's been in the ones, twos, or threes. Yeah. David, David okay. off to a good start. Take him down and squash him like the buggy is. Lauren, okay. we're starting with you for this one. Which one of these players has not had a season with 40-plus stolen bases? Andrew McCutcheon, Jose Altuve, Starling Marte, or Trey Turner? Um, I think it was McCutcheon. Okay. Simeone? Say them again. McCutcheon, Jose Altuve, Starling Marte, and Trey Turner. I want to say Altuve. Okay. And David? I feel like it's either McCutcheon or Marte. Because I'm pretty sure Altuve had a 40 stolen base season, and I'm pretty sure um, Turner did too. Um, I'm going to go with, yeah, I don't think McCutcheon quite got I'm going to go McCutcheon. It is Andrew McCutcheon. So Lauren and David get a point. All right. Oh, gosh. David's going to come back and say, Eric, great game. Well, you know what? David David had a lead like this at one point and then lost it, so I'm just hoping this happens. Simeon, we're starting with you on this. Which one of these players has not had 100 or more walks in a season? Albert Pujols, Anthony Rizzo, Paul Goldschmidt, or Miguel Cabrera? I'm with Goldschmidt. David? Not had 100 or more walks? Yeah. Wait, can you list the names again? Yeah. Yeah. Albert Pujols, Anthony Rizzo, Paul Goldschmidt, and Miguel Cabrera. I'm going to go Miguel Cabrera. I don't remember. I know he walked some, but I don't think he walked to the clip the other three have. Okay. Lauren? Um, I'm going to go with Goldschmidt. Y'all are wrong. It's Anthony Rizzo. Most walks he's had in the season is 91. Wow. I'm surprised. I thought for sure it wasn't it. You know what? I had to like double check that take out my contacts put them back <laughs> in so nobody gets a point on that we got two one zero and we're starting with lauren lauren on this one which one of these players has not led the major leagues in strikeouts in a season is it yoan Moncada, aaron judge eugenio suarez or john carlos stanton um has not led um I will go with Mancata. Okay. Simeon? I'm going to go with Stan. And David? The only one I'm 100% sure isn't the answer is Mancata because he did it mm. his first year with the uh, White Sox, I believe. Okay. Uh, you need I don't the know answer? Why, do, you, do you need the answers again or do you have like, no, a No, I think. Uh, um, I'm going to go, it's Judge Stanton and, uh, what was the other one? Suarez. I don't think Suarez has done it yet. I think he's been close, but I'll say Suarez. It's John Carlos Stanton. So, the year that Yoan Moncada led it in 2019, that's the third most strikeouts all time in a season. John Carlos Stanton 
was like two strikeouts behind him. <laughs> so he has like the sixth highest strikeout in a season, but he was second that year. So Simeone's on the board. That was the other All one right. I was going to say. We got, we got the final question here. If Lauren or Simeone get it and David doesn't, we got a tie for the tiebreaker. And we are starting with you on this one, Simeone. <clears throat> Which one of these players has not had 40 or more saves in a season? Is it A, Aroldis Chapman, B, Wade Davis, C, Joaquim Soria, or D, Greg Holland? I want to say Soria. Okay. David? Greg Holland, Joaquin Soria. Or the other two? Aroldis Chapman and your boy, Wade Davis. Oh, God. <laughs> I think when Wade Davis was at the Royals, he had like 30-something saves, just a very, very low ERA. So I'm going to say Wade Davis. Also, shout out to Coaching Ish, too. I'm Doug. also going <laughs> to go with Davis. It's Aroldis Chapman. Oosie's had in the thesis, oh, 37. Greg That's Holland had definitely. a couple 40s with the Rockies and with the Royals. Wade Davis actually had 40 in a season with the Royals as well. And hmm. Soria back with the Royals in the day. So, David wins. Wow. Do you guys want to do this six for fun? Sure. Sure. Hey, Doug, right. you want to celebrate my win with me? <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, we no. no. We'll here. do yeah. this after. We'll do this after. All right. <laughs> Which one of these players is not inside the top 20 active home runs? Is it A, Carlos Santana, B, Anthony Rizzo, C, Jose Abreu, or D, Manny Machado? Who doesn't have 20 home runs? It isn't inside the top 20 active home run hitters. Like like for this season? No, 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 for, for a career. For a career. Oh, like, for, uh, like, like obviously Miguel Cabrera or Albert, Albert Pujols is number one in active. Cabrera is two. Gotcha, active gotcha. home run hitters. Like Am I going first? Uh, uh, sure, David. Um, I'll say... Give me the names again. <laughs> Carlos Santana, Anthony Rizzo, Jose Abreu, Manny Machado. Jose Abreu. Okay. Lauren? I'm going to say Machado. Simeone? I'm going to say Abreu, too, because he came up late. You guys are right. It's a good thing we didn't have to go to this tiebreaker. Carlos Santana is 17th active. Rizzo is 19th. Machado is 20th. Jose Abreu is 22. Wow. So I got, what did I get, three out of the six? <laughs> Something like that. But you know Never what? 50%, this game again. 50% in this game. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate you guys. You're so ugly. <laughs> I'm just happy I took down Simeone. He is now there's one less person now that's undefeated in this game or undefeated on the triple play show. I can't wait till David makes a gif of him uh, Falcon smashing Simeone. I'm gonna do this to you just like I did in the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, Laura next time she comes we have to get her on the board. Hopefully she can get the win. I know. I was rooting for you. Thank you. I'll have to get on the uh, board. I'll have to come back. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, on that note, appreciate you guys so much for coming on the show. Absolute blasts. I figured it would be. But um, can you guys, starting with Lauren, give our listeners just plug everything you got going on, where they can find you, where they can listen to your podcast, anything you're writing or anything that you want the audience to know about? 
Sure. I mean, you can, my Twitter handle is at LK Auerbach. Um, I've been writing some baseball articles over at Fantrax. And then I also, in addition to doing um, SP Streamer with Michael, I, ha- I have another um, podcast with my buddy Andrew Seifter called The Rest of Season Rankings. Um, and you can find that on Apple and Spotify. And we also have a website called rosrankings.com where you can find our rankings as well as other articles that, um, that we put up. Yeah, actually, I checked the site out this past week. It's really cool because that's something that everybody needs to see. Like They can see the changes as you guys are moving guys and moving guys down. Like The fact that you guys are centered on that is something that's like very needy in the fantasy community, being able to see how guys are trending. So I actually really like that idea. And if you have not checked out the rest of SeasonRankings.com, you got to go check that out. For yes, sure. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, and Simeon? Go ahead. Yeah, I agree with David. It is a cool website. Um, I've definitely checked it out several times. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at SBStreamer. Um, check, you can check out our website, SBStreamer.com. Um, and I, I also write for Fangraphs uh, once a week as well. And that's it. Oh, short and sweet and to the point. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready for uh, a long thing like oh i'm gonna beat david super smash or i'm gonna uh, uh, i didn't even think oh i mean that's a given so i figured why yeah he doesn't need to that. say that yeah i beat both y'all all right stop acting <laughs> up uh, i don't know about that but uh, anyway we appreciate everybody tuning in however you consume triple play fantasy whether you watch you listen you just sit down with a coffee and do something else to watch your play. i don't know what you do but anyway appreciate you guys checking out the show uh we're gonna be back next week with a different subject that I don't know yet with somebody that I have not booked yet so either way it's going to be a fun show but until then everyone be safe out there enjoy another week of baseball and we're going to be like a red truck